I misspoke earlier. We're turning to Ezekiel 34, and we're starting at verse 11 and reading through verse 16. And one quick note about the scripture reading. It may not match what's in your pew Bibles, but we're reading from the New International Reader's Version. And the New International Reader's Version is for those for whom English is a second language, so a little bit simpler language as you're learning, and also at about a grade four level. So both our Ezekiel passage and Mark passage will be read from the New International Reader's Version. The Lord and Kings say, I myself will search for my sheep. I will look after them. A shepherd looks after his scattered flocks when he is with them. And I will look after my sheep. I will save them from all the places where they are scattered on a dark and cloudy day. I will bring them out from among the nations. I will gather them together from other countries. I will bring them into their own land. There they will eat grass on the mountains and in the valleys, and they will eat in all the fields of Israel. I will take care of them in the best grasslands. They will eat grass on the highest mountains of Israel. They will lie down in the finest grasslands. They will eat grass in the best place on Israel's mountains. I myself will take care of my sheep. I will let them lie down in safety, announces the Lord and King. I will search for the lost. I will bring back those who have wandered away. I will bandage the ones who are hurt. I will make the weak ones stronger, but I will destroy those who are fat and strong. I will take good care of my sheep. I will treat them fairly. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Mark team, you come up and lead us through the gospel. So our Mark reading is from chapter 6, verses 30 through 34. The apostle gathered around Jesus. They told him all that they had done and thought. But many people were coming and going, so they did not even have a chance to eat. Then Jesus said to the apostles, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. You need to get some rest. So they went away by themselves in the boat to a quiet place. But many people who saw them leaving recognized them. They ran from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus came ashore, he saw a large crowd. He felt deep concern for them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can we give a round of applause for our readers in our prayer? courageous thing to come up into the pulpit and speak. So thank you all for bringing God's word to us this morning. So looking at Ezekiel and Mark, looking at where they come together, what they have to say to us this morning about who we are and who God is. And, as much as scripture does, both Ezekiel and Mark are telling us that our relationship to God is as shepherd and sheep. And it's something that we talk about a lot, especially in church, from our calls to worship, like this morning, 
to our prayers to many of our favorite psalms, like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. But how many of us actually have experience of shepherds and sheep? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Ari does, that's awesome. One person out of all of us. A favorite image, a dominant metaphor in scripture, but not something that's really present in our own lives. So let's start off by asking two questions. What is a shepherd? What does a shepherd do? And what do the sheep do? Cadets, do you mind helping me out? What does a shepherd do? You think shepherd, what do they do? Yeah, and kind of loud. Josh. They take care of his sheep. Yes, I saw a hand over here. Is that pretty thorough? The shepherd takes care of the sheep? Anything to add? No. So what do sheep do? They walk around eating grass. It's pretty right, yeah, Sam. Yeah, so they, they, they give us like stuff for knitting and stuff, right? Like they're, they, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What else do sheep do? They what? They be sheep? They be sheep. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. They eat and sleep. That's actually pretty thorough. They give us food. Also true, lamb's pretty tasty. They drink water. Do they just kind of wander wherever they want, or are they following someone? They follow the shepherd. Yeah. So if all those things that sheep do, they eat, they eat grass, they sleep, they give us stuff so we can wear pretty things, they also follow their shepherd. One more? What was that? Oh, he knows, he's going to speak the sermon because he knows why they follow the shepherd. They what? Yeah. Okay. Do, do you want to preach the sermon? Yeah? So this little guy just said, they trust the shepherd. Why do the sheep follow the shepherd? The sheep trust them. That's why they follow. And amen. Okay, so we're going to go. Good answers. But the basic relationship is the shepherd takes care of the sheep, and the sheep follow the shepherd, right? It's a pretty basic relationship. It's a pretty simple one. And often when we think about it, when, when we've seen sheep farming, we're thinking of a big barn. We're thinking of definite fences, right? We're thinking of really beautiful green pastures, right? Rich, lush. We have a certain image in our heads of what shepherding looks like, right? But the two stories from Ezekiel and Mark that we're looking at today the picture of shepherding is a little bit different than what's in our imagination, from what we know driving down the 401 or going out into farms. There's no big barn, there's no permanent fencing, and the green grass and green pastures look very different from what we are familiar with here in southwestern Ontario. So I got to meet a shepherd on the King's Highway in the middle of a country called Jordan on the pastor's trip that we took last spring. And, and the shepherd I got to meet, he, he takes care of his sheep 
very much in the same way that Jesus would have known and that Ezekiel would have known. So, we met the shepherd. We were driving in our giant bus. This is the shepherd, and he's holding a little lamb. So we were driving in a giant bus, as you do in a tour of about 35 people, <clears throat> and we're a bunch of pastors, so we can't pass up the opportunity to meet a shepherd and his sheep. So we stopped the bus. It was close to sunset. We were trying to get to dinner, um, but this was just too good of a chance to miss. So we pulled over, and our translator talked to the shepherd, asking, would, would it be okay if three strangers gathered around you and your sheep and asked questions? And thankfully, this man was incredibly gracious, and he said yes. So we got to meet the shepherd and his flock. His flock was a, a mix of goats and sheep, mainly sheep. And so we got to ask him questions. We got to hold the little lamb that he has in his arms. And we got to learn a little bit about his life. So he had been out, and by the way, these are green pastures. This is what green grass looks like. Uh-huh. Very different than your imagination, isn't it? This is lush. So this shepherd had been out leading his flock, leading his sheep, throughout the whole day, trying to find shade, taking water, and it was about time for them to head home. So we all got to hold that little lamb, pose for a photo, because we were tourists. And eventually, the shepherd <clears throat> had been very gracious, and he looked at the sun, sun setting, and he looked at his sheep, and, and he told us he had to get them home. It was time to get them home. So drop, we put the little lamb on the ground, a few last pets, really wanting to take him home. And the shepherd gave out his call. I will not try to recreate it. It was not, here, 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 shibi, shibi, shibi. It was... It was a long sound of guttural sounds and whispers and clicks, and it was just this incredibly unique sound. And every one of his sheep stopped what they were doing and looked up. Some were slower, a little bit more reluctant, some were quick to follow and, and, and heed his call, but they all knew the call of their shepherd. And what I loved is that the shepherd didn't look around to kind of like, pushed them in front of him to make sure they were all there, he confidently walked towards home, towards way that, where they were staying, and made sure, assumed, that the rest of the sheep were following. And they did, including this lovely little lamb in his arms, who ran as fast as that little lamb could after his shepherd, as fast as his gangly little uncertain legs could carry him. Even though he got tons of pets and love from 30 people standing on the other side of this picture, the lamb followed his shepherd. And what I loved about his call, what I loved about the shepherd's call, what I loved about this moment, is that across the king's highway, there was a whole other flock, there's a whole other set of sheep. And when this shepherd issued his call, not one of them raised its head. Not one tried to follow, because this wasn't their shepherd. But everyone that belonged to him looked up and followed at their own pace, some stubborn, some wanting to stay, but they followed. 
shepherd and sheep. Our stories this morning, Ezekiel and Mark, show us what a shepherd does and who our shepherd is for us. The cadet's verse this year that they've been traveling with is from from Ezekiel 34. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep. I will look after them. Which is a beautiful assurance, but it kind of begs the question, why all of a sudden does God have to step in and shepherd his people? I myself, it's emphatic, I myself will take care of my sheep. But why all of a sudden? Take it down, Adrian, it's good. Because those who are supposed to care for God's people, those who are supposed to be leading God's people, helping them, keeping them safe, being good shepherds and kings and leaders, these folks weren't doing their job. They were mean to God's people. They bullied them. These supposed shepherds and leaders hurt God's people. They left them alone and vulnerable. And so God lets Ezekiel know that he will be the shepherd his people need. I will seek them. I will look after them. I will rescue them. I will be with them. I will tend them with my own hands and I will lead them to good pasture and to safety. What does, a good, what does a good shepherd do, according to God, in this part of Ezekiel? A good shepherd says and does, I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the hurt and strengthen the weak. God will do these things because God is a good shepherd. Because God is a good leader. Because God is a good king. Because God is a good God. The good shepherd. Let's hold that thought as we transfer over to Mark. So we're jumping ahead way in the story, way in scripture to the gospel of Mark. To a story, to the beginning of a story, about a bunch of tired and hungry people and Jesus in their midst. So earlier in the story, earlier in the gospel of Mark, before where we jump in at chapter 6, verse 30, Jesus had sent his closest friends, his followers, his disciples, out into the villages, into the countryside. And he told them to to teach, to preach, to heal. To do what they saw Jesus doing. And Jesus gave them power to do what he had been doing. And now, so they were sent out several verses ago and a little while ago in the story time, and now they're returning to Jesus. Excited and exhausted, but ready to report all the things that they had done and seen. 
on this kind of mission that God had given them, that Jesus had given them. And they came back in that kind of weird mixture of, I need to tell all the things, but I also need to sleep. Which is kind of like when you come back from a big trip, whether it's a school trip or you just came back from the cadet camporee, and you get in the door with all your stuff, you drop it, and you want to tell everyone in the house who's there all about the things you've done and seen. And then you crash and sleep for a long time. But the disciples weren't coming back to a quiet house. They weren't dropping their bags and getting Jesus' undivided attention. Jesus and the disciples were surrounded by swarms of people for all the things they could do and could say. They needed something, they had something to heal, they needed a question, they wanted a teaching, they wanted something. And they surrounded Jesus and his disciples, hungry and tired as they were. The crowd had so many needs that they didn't even get a bite to eat. They forgot about it. And then Jesus saw his friends, saw how tired they were, how hungry they were, that they needed some time away, they needed some rest. And so Jesus issues that beautiful invitation to them. Come and follow me. We're going to go, we're going to go to a quieter place and you can have some rest. So Jesus and his disciples get in the boat and they want to just get away from the crowds a little bit. They go out the coast where it'll be quiet and restful, where they can have supper together. They can share stories around a campfire. They can be alone together except everyone followed them. And not just everyone followed them. They anticipated where they were going, rushed ahead, and cut them off. So that by the time Jesus and his disciples landed, docked the boat, and got out, the crowd that they left was the crowd that they saw. So what does Jesus do? He sees this crowd gathered, the crowd that they actually tried to escape from. And this crowd is out of breath from having run to get ahead of this boat. They're waiting, expectant. All the same needs they had back there is the needs they still had in front of them. And Jesus and his disciples were tired and hungry, ready for some peace and quiet, ready for a little camping with each other, supper, and bed. So what does Jesus do? He thanks them for coming all that way, but tells them that he's done for the day. They can come back tomorrow. And then with a wave, he kind of turns, and his disciples follow him, and he goes off to have some peace and quiet, right? That's what we would do. But it's not what Jesus did then you have that beautiful moment in the Gospel of Mark where we're told what Jesus did. That Jesus looked at the crowd and tired and hungry as he was, as his disciples were, he looked out at the crowd of people gathered and had compassion on them. Because, Mark tells us, Jesus saw them as sheep without a shepherd, as sheep without a shepherd. 
And so Jesus stopped and taught them many things, the gospel tells us. What does a good shepherd do? Looks after his sheep, tends to their needs, teaches them, sits them down in quiet green grass and feeds every single one of them, including 12 hungry and exhausted disciples. Not just with bread and fish, not just with miraculous bread and fish, but with his words, with his presence, with himself. Remember why God told Ezekiel that he had to step in and shepherd his people. What did God say was the reason? Because the leaders and the kings and the appointed shepherds weren't doing their job. Because they were bad shepherds. Not caring for the sheep. Getting rich and fat while the people went hungry. For those of you who were here last week, who did we hear about? <gasps> Pop quiz sermon time. Does anybody remember what story Pastor Carl talked about last week? John the Baptist. And who beheaded John the Baptist? King Herod. So we, last week, stopped and had a whole story about a king beheading John the Baptist, right? We learned a lot about King Herod last week. King Herod killed John the Baptist, beheaded him. The king, the king did this, the leader, the one who's supposed to be a good king, a good leader, a good shepherd to his people. What did we learn about King Herod? Good king, bad king. Bad king, bad king. If you wanted King Herod to be your ruler, we'll have a conversation afterwards. <laughs> king Herod, definitely not, not a good leader. Not a good king, not a good shepherd of his people. Because this king and shepherd killed his people at whim. The ones that he was supposed to protect and to keep safe. This king and shepherd lived in lavish palaces, not just one, but many, while his people went hungry. And this king and shepherd killed one of God's prophets, sent to speak on God's behalf to God's people. Because why? This king got drunk at a party and made a dumb vow. And then, right after that story, Right after that story of a particular king and shepherd, we come to the story we read in Mark. Story of Jesus. The true king and the good shepherd who cares for his people. The true king and the good shepherd who feeds the hungry around him even though he himself is exhausted and hungry. The true king and good shepherd who loves his people and has compassion on them, on all those who follow him. What does a good shepherd do? What does a good king do? What does a good leader do? 
cadets, one of the things I've loved learning is I actually didn't know what landmarks were. So when someone was telling me about landmarks, I'm like, ooh, I should probably know this. So I studied your landmarks. I studied your code and your club verse. And I loved that your club verse is Luke 2:52, where you are invited, you are challenged to grow up into men like Jesus, to grow in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and others. And I would add to that list, gentlemen, I would add that I hope that you grow in love and compassion like Jesus shows here in this story. Because wisdom and stature, it's not just power, but power comes with love. And because we're not talking about some point when you're men and you have to act like this, and you should be like Jesus, but we're talking about how you're like Jesus now. How do you look like Jesus? How do you act like him? How do you grow up into wisdom, stature, compassion, and kindness? Because Jesus, remember, Jesus sent his friends out. He gave them a mission. He gave them a job to do, and he sent them out, trusting that they could do it. And God does the exact same thing to all of us, sends us out with a mission and a job to do. We are all called to shepherd in some way or another. Whether you are eight or 98, we're all called to shepherd. So, boys, I don't know who you shepherd right now. I don't know if you have younger brothers and sisters and you care for them well. I don't know if you're a shepherd or a leader in your classes, with your classmates or with your friend group. I don't know if you're a shepherd and a leader in your cadet corps. Do you help lead? Do you set an example for the others? So what kind of leader, what kind of shepherd are you right now? How do you lead? How do you care for those around you? And what kind of shepherd, what kind of leader, what kind of man will you grow into? The same question goes for all of us. What kind of shepherd are you? We all have our spheres of influence. We all have people entrusted to us. Especially, I'm looking at you elders and deacons, us as pastors, those of us who shepherd this flock here at Community Christian Reformed Church. How do we lead? How do we shepherd? Do we resemble the good shepherd who looks at his sheep with love and compassion with gentleness. And it's not just office bearers. It's cadet counselors, parents, grandparents, Sunday school teachers, ministry program leaders, and all of us who took vows at the baptisms of these boys. We all took baptismal vows that day, promising to love to support them as they grow up in wisdom and stature and favor before God and all people. So how are we shepherding them? 
How do we care for them? How do we support them as they grow up in Jesus Christ? And do we do so with compassion and care, attentiveness and gentleness? What kind of shepherds are we? How much do we resemble the shepherd who cares for us? In these two stories, in Ezekiel and Mark, God reveals the kind of shepherd that he is. I myself will tend my sheep. I will have them lie down in safety. I will search for the lost and I will bring back the stray. I will bind up the hurt and I will strengthen the weak. Before we're called as shepherds, before we're given that work, before we're sent out, we are each of us sheep belonging to our shepherd, following after him, hearing his voice, learning from him, trusting him. And when Jesus looks at us, when Jesus looks at us with all of our needs, our hunger, our desperation, our desires, our wants, our challenges, our weaknesses. He looks at us with compassion, just like he did that crowd. Jesus looks at us with compassion. Thanks be to God. We are not sheep without a shepherd. We are not left to the dangers and risks of this world alone. We are each a sheep of his pasture. Known, loved, cared for, sought and found, and called to follow. So to each of us, whether you are a little lamb or whether you are a wizened old sheep, our shepherd looks at you with compassion and says, I will shepherd you. I will search for you when you are lost. I will bring you back when you stray. I will bind up your hurts and I will heal you. I will strengthen you when you are weak. The words of our good shepherd. Thanks be to him our true king, our good shepherd, the lamb who was slain to take away the sins of the whole world, whose grace is enough. Amen? Amen. Please pray with me.